morning celebration and happy Valentine's Day. Greetings from Deb and I. We were in Indianapolis over the weekend during a marriage conference there and then flew down last night to here in Miami. <laughs> I got to speak five times today in churches, so I got a busy Valentine's Day today. Uh, and then we'll be flying home uh, tomorrow and be back in Green Bay. Pastor Bob's going to be bringing the message today. Encourage him. Open your heart and receive from him. And uh, let me encourage you. We had a fabulous kickoff uh, for our Lent service on, uh, on Ash Wednesday. And let me encourage you guys. Let me give you something to fast. Uh, Lent is a great time to be giving up things and just kind of focus and discipline yourself in your faith. I got a great idea for something for you to fast. Fast staying home on Wednesday nights, okay? <laughs> Don't stay home on Wednesday nights. But Pastor, I want to stay home on Wednesday night. Perfect. That's why you should fast it. But I don't want to come to church. Perfect. That's why you should do it. Well, I think you're boring. I don't want to listen to you. Fabulous. That's perfect and why you should do it. So join us this Lent season for these 40 days of just focusing on God and fast staying home on Wednesday nights. Okay? Get your butts to church and add it to whatever fasting else that you're doing. We love you guys. We'll see you Wednesday night. Yeah! Let's all stand up together, whatever campus you're at, Stevens Point, Appleton here in Green Bay. Let's say this together. This is who we are. This is what we believe here at Celebration Church. Let's say this. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to be with everyone today. Uh, if we haven't had the chance to meet, my name is Bob, one of the pastors at the church, and uh, just good to have everyone with us, whether you're joining online or you're at one of our campuses in Stevens Point or Appleton. Great to have you with us here this morning. Uh, it's also Go Beyond and Mission Sunday. Uh, one Sunday a month, we like to give you an update uh, as to where we're at with our Go Beyond giving and missions, we'll put up our Go Beyond slide first. Uh, take a look at that. We are at, uh, running towards a goal of $1.2 million, and uh, to date we've raised $1,122,938. So give yourselves a big old hand. Uh, the reason why we give to Go Beyond, this is above and beyond our regular giving, our regular tithes and offerings. We've been encouraging you to give to. A lot of you have made pledges. A lot of you have extended those or been giving beyond that. And uh, what we're doing is uh, taking what we do at Celebration Church and doing more of it. Uh, in one instance, it's doing less. Uh, we are in the process of reducing our debt. Uh, since beginning the campaign, we've reduced over a half million dollars worth of our debt as a result of giving. So thank you to giving to that. Um... 
the less that we spend on interest, the more we can spend on ministry. So it's an important thing as we give into that. Also doing more with our missions and outreach. We'll see in a minute. We've really done uh, some uh, great things with what we're doing with missions and extending that. Uh, also uh, doing more with our multi-site broadcast. We are, have these different campuses and we've uh, been able to shift everything to high definition and it used to be standard def. We also used to delay the preaching when we preach here in uh, Green Bay. That gets broadcast to our campuses in Stevens Point and Appleton. It used to be on a week delay. Now everything is live. So we've been able to upgrade that. And as we continue to give, we look forward to the opportunity to be able to broadcast out of our other locations, to, to broadcast out of Stevens Point and broadcast out of Appleton and really tie the whole thing together. So thank you for giving to that. Uh, missions at Celebration Church, we're doing some really great things. We've been doing more and more and more with missions. I think it's going to become more a part of who we are as a church. Uh, Pastor Lathan, in fact, uh, today, just they landed in Honduras yesterday, and they are uh, drilling a fresh water well in certain areas of the world. Just because of a lack of clean water, there's all kinds of issues with health that leads to poverty, and then everything that spills out beyond that. So they are there uh, drilling a fresh water well as a part of our our missions. We've got people from all of our campuses participating in that, and it's really cool. Uh, we also uh, ha- recently got back from Myanmar. Me and one other guy named Derek, we went to Myanmar uh, in January, and I spoke at their Bible college graduation. Some of you might be familiar that we support an orphanage in Myanmar, but it's not just an orphanage. They actually started a Bible college 13 years ago that's on the same grounds. It's called Disciple Bible College. We support that as well. And they've got 80 students enrolled. They graduated 13 students this past January that go on and these guys become missionaries. So they might start a church. They might start an orphanage. They might go work within a church. They might go work within an orphanage. A number of different things. And it's part of what we support. It's pretty cool. And we've got a story that we want to share with you with one of the graduates from Disciple Bible College. Let's take a look at the video here this morning. Not that video. What if we could start a... part of Disciple Bible College, which is part of Love Children Home that we support, and uh, just a short walk. We walked about five or ten minutes to get here uh, from the orphanage that we support, and he started a home for widows, and in addition, they also have a preschool. So the orphanage we support is uh, over age five, and then uh, if you're in the preschool age, you need to be in a different type of orphanage, so Elijah started that. What year did you start it? Two years ago, so 2013. So in 2013, Elijah started the uh, preschool. What's the name of it? Liberty International Preschool. Liberty International Preschool. Uh, we got some cool pictures of the kids, and uh, and then you also have a home for widows, and they keep such beautiful gardens and uh, such an amazing thing. And uh, and what's part of the reason why you started what you started? 
Um, before I started the ministry, the widow's home, uh, I just uh, always thought and had a big heart to serve God in in any way that I can. And and after I could finish the Bible College, Disciple at Disciple Bible College, uh, God put in my heart to help those widows uh, in Myanmar because of the civil war and because of the poverty people are in trouble a lot of people especially people who, who are weak uh, the widows a lot of widows who are helpless and who have a lot of problems so God showed me in my heart to help those widows and I started it uh, nine years ago so I've been helping around 50 widows and right now 12 ladies are with us and the oldest one is 99 <laughs> and we also help two who have mentally problem actually they are not all but because of their mentally problems we just help them and we do this thing to show the love of God not only to them but also around in our tongues here and I hope because of these people here in our tongues we'll see God's love and we can bring and them to his love and and our prayer is to see more people that would come to uh, Christ to our church yeah one thing that's cool is the graduates from the Bible College so a lot of the kids that end up at Love Children Home yes. will end up in the Bible College and then they go on to start a ministry of their own and you're the fruit of that. So uh, what's so cool is the orphanage that we've helped support and the Bible college that we've helped support has helped create leaders who are becoming leaders of other leaders and going on to start ministries that are impacting their country. So pretty cool, man. Thank well you. done. Thank, well you. Done. Thank you for your support and everything. Yeah. Bless you all. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Elijah, uh, he is an orphan himself, and his mom was a widow. His dad passed away when he was real young. And, uh, and there's, a, there's a verse in John chapter 13 that says this. This is Jesus talking. He says, a new command I give you, love one another as I loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. What Elijah is doing is just taking where he's at in his life. Uh, he was an orphan, uh, his mom was a widow, and God put a passion within him to love other people. And his prayer is by loving on widows, by loving on these little kids, that other people would see that love and that they would go to find them. And, uh, and what we support is part of this network that's ringing out throughout that country and more and more people are coming to Christ. Uh, Elijah's uh, orphanage and widow's home is about a 10 minute walk from the orphanage that, that we support. And uh, it all started with support from that orphanage. So it was really support from Celebration Church. And he planted a church there as well. And on Sunday morning, 100 people show up to his church on Sunday morning. Just such a cool thing. So as we give uh, at all of our campuses, we're gonna have an opportunity for you to give to missions at the end of the service. Let me encourage you, wherever you're at, Stevens Point, Green Bay, Appleton, maybe you're even online, do something. Uh, maybe you're at a spot in your life where you say, you know what, I could give five bucks. Then give five bucks. 
Maybe you could add a zero to that. Maybe you could add two zeros. Wherever you're at, do something. And maybe you don't have cash on you. Well, you can, you can give uh, with credit card through our app or online or writing it on the envelope. But you, everyone can do something. And when we give into missions, it takes the dollars we give. And in an international way, man, these dollars stretch like crazy. The impact that we can make around the globe when you give is really phenomenal. So let me encourage you to do something. Uh, And we're doing more and more, as you can see, as the giving has continued to increase. uh, In January last year, we'll look at the slide, the church gave $2,479 in 2015 in January. This year, January, we gave $17,145. So we're doing more and more, and when we give into these spaces, we really make a big difference. So thank you for giving into that. Uh, Well, today is the first Sunday of Lent, and uh, many of you joined us uh, at your campus for our Ash Wednesday service. And Ash Wednesday is the kickoff to Lent, this journey towards Easter. And uh, this period of Lent, and this being the first Sunday, the idea behind Lent is we've all got this thing called the flesh. Whether you're a Christian, whether you're not, we all have this thing called the flesh, which mainly is made up of our feelings. And as we've been talking about at Celebration Church, we know that we're not supposed to live by our feelings. And yet, we live in a culture that says you gotta live by your feelings, you gotta be honest with your feelings. Whatever your feelings are saying, that is what you must go on and do. But the Bible has something very different to say about our feelings, that we're not supposed to live by that, that we're supposed to live by the Spirit. And the Scripture says that the grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness and to live upright, holy lives that are pleasing to God. So during Lent, the church historically has taken time to encourage disciplines like fasting, giving something up, as Pastor Mark encouraged each of us, give up staying home Wednesday nights and come on out to Celebration Church and join us for the Bible study. And if you got little kids, if you got teenagers, bring them on out and participate Wednesday nights. Maybe it's fasting of food and doing these different things to deny our flesh, and there's certain things like food that when you stop, when you don't eat a meal a day, or you say you're going to give up sweets or whatever it is, that there's something that your flesh screams out, but you kind of hit it back and say, you're not in charge. I'm not going to live by my feelings. You're not in charge. And nothing says feelings quite like Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Valentine's Day is here, and it's all about the candy, it's all about the love, it's all about the flowers. So I want to take a little time today to talk about marriage, and I want to talk about a simple idea of sowing and reaping. And uh, sowing and reaping is all throughout life, it's all in your spiritual practice, but it's also true in marriage. And in Galatians chapter 6, we get some little insight into sowing and reaping, and in verse 7 it says this, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked, a man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So today, I want to give us just three principles of sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. Uh, I've got these flowers here. They're called daisies. In fact, they're called Shasta daisies, and if you read right here, they're called Silver Princess Margarita Shastas, and uh, I think these come with a side of chips and salsa. You get a margarita and chips and salsa with this one, maybe guacamole if you're lucky. 
And if I take these Margarita Shasta daisies and I open it up and I look inside, there's no Shasta daisies, I got seeds. I think it's false advertising. But if I take these Shasta daisies and I plant them in the ground, am I going to get a banana tree? The answer is no, you're not going to get a banana tree, you're going to get Margarita Shasta daisies because you reap what you sow, whatever you sow in your life is what you're going to get back. The same is true in life. If someone reaches out to shake your hand, what are you gonna do in return? Chances are you're gonna shake that person's hand back, right? But if that same person comes in with a left hook, what are you gonna do? Maybe you're gonna bob and you're gonna weave. Maybe you're gonna fight back. Maybe you're gonna run. Maybe you're not gonna trust that person quite in their life, right? Things are different when you sow different things in your life. Uh, I grew up in Marshfield, Wisconsin. It's about 30 minutes from our Stevens Point campus. Little old, the city in the center, Marshfield, Wisconsin. Anyone been to Marshfield? It's a rough town, man. <laughs> I tell you what, I grew up in Marshfield and uh, I graduated high school in 1996. Heck of a year, Packers won the Super Bowl. Great year, Marshfield Tigers. We went to state in football, we were good, right? And uh, 1996, and things were, in 1996, when we were in high school in the late 90s, um, you know, it was a small farm town, and good people, go to school, be about your business, but something started turning right around like our sophomore year in high school. And you might, maybe you were around in school at that point, and you might remember that gangbangers started coming into these small towns, Right? These uh, thugs from Chicago and Milwaukee and Racine started moving up to Marshfield, Wisconsin. And these gangbangers started coming in. When I was in high school, man, you could wear a bandana to school. You could wear a hat. You could wear a hat sideways. You could wear it backwards. You could wear a backpack. You could have a jacket on. You could wear red. You could wear blue. You could do whatever you wanted. But something changed our senior year. And all of a sudden, you couldn't wear hats anymore. You couldn't wear bandanas. You couldn't bring backpacks in. They started out lawn jackets, all these things because the gangsters were moving into town. It was hilarious. Why they wanted to come to Marshfield, I have no clue. But they were coming into Marshfield. Someone in the first service told me, man, they came up to Door County and did the same thing. And uh, so they moved into town and all these farm boys were becoming gangsters. It was like the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. So one day, me and my friend uh, Ben and Beth, we're hanging out. We were at a pool hall. I guess that's where gangsters go or something like that. So we're at this pool hall, and, uh, and then we leave, and we're standing in an alley. And in alleys are where bad things happen. Maybe you've seen West Side Story. The dance breaks out, fighting happens, they start singing songs, it's bad news, right? So we're standing in this alley right off Central Avenue, yeah, Marshfield's got an alley. It's uh, Central and Fourth, so we're standing there, and uh, this car comes creeping by really slow, and Something just didn't feel right about it. There's like seven people all piled in this car, this old hoopty, and they're staring at us. And we're like, well, that's kind of weird. Like, what are they looking at? And then two minutes later, we get surrounded on all sides. And they come up to us, and the biggest guy goes, what are you doing in our alley? <laughs> I kind of laughed. I was like, what? What do you mean? What am I doing in your alley? And he goes, you can't be in our alley. This is our alley. We own this alley. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't know what was going on, so I kind of laughed again. He goes, you're going to be in our alley. You got to pay rent. Give us all your money. 
And I laughed again. I'm like, what? Give you all of our money? Like, and it, we're getting robbed. And I was just kind of like laughing. All of a sudden, boom, he hits me in the back of the head and then hits me in the stomach and they hit Ben a couple times and they didn't hit Beth, the girl. And then we all yell, run! And we take off and we're running. We all ran in different directions. And I ran all the way to my house and I go in and everyone's sleeping and I yell, mom, where's the phone? This is before cell phones. So I'm yelling, where's the phone? She's like, why do you want the phone? I'm like, where's the phone? And I find it and I call 911. I just got jumped by some gangsters on Central Avenue, the, the alley right by the pool hall. You got to send the cops there quick. We ran in different directions. I don't know if my friends are safe. And I hang up and I yell, Mom, where's the baseball bat? She's like, why do you want the bat? And I'm like, where's the bat? And I couldn't find the bat. So I grabbed the next best thing. I grabbed the fire poker and the axe. I don't know what I was going to do. I think like the theme music to Kill Bill started right there. So I got the fire poker and the axe and I start running. And I'm running back to Central Avenue to go save my friends. I might have been like, what was I going to do? Like chop off limbs and stab people with a fire poker? It's crazy, right? So I run back in the squad car. He's going really slow and he's getting close to the alley. And so I run up to the squad car. I'm running down the middle of the street. I go up and I bam, 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 bam. I hit him with my axe. He rolls down his window and he looks at me and I got these two weapons. And I said, I just called the cops. I'm the guy that got jumped. Let's go find my friends. And I tried to open his door and it was locked. So I reach in and I open the door. I sit down and I put my weapons on the ground and he laughs. And I'm like, he's like, there's gangbangers in Marshfield. What's going on? That town was getting too rough for me, man. It was a rough town. If you think the south side of Chicago is bad, try Marshfield, Wisconsin, man. <laughs> rough town. So we go find my friends. They're fine. But you reap what you sow. You sow violence, and violence is what happens in return. And it's like that in our marriages. If you're just constantly hitting, and you're constantly fighting, and you're constantly arguing, that's what you're going to get back in return. But if you show your spouse love, if you show your spouse grace, if you show your spouse forgiveness and kindness, there's a good chance that is what you're going to get back in return. But on the other side, if you're living out of envy and criticism and complaining and anger, there's a good chance that that is what you're going to get. So the harvest will be whatever the seeds are that you're planting. That's what you're going to get back, sowing and reaping. Uh, Dana and I just saw this happen in our marriage just this past week. You know, sometimes in your marriage and your relationships, things don't seem to be clicking. Well, Dana and I were having a few of those days where it's like, we're just not clicking. And I've been known to not be the greatest joy to live with, as hard as that might be to believe. And things just weren't clicking. And uh, man, Dana, this past week, she really started to up her game a notch and she was sowing like some genetically modified seeds of love and joy into our marriage. Or if you're not into the whole GMO thing, it was really organic, man. This stuff was pure. And she was sowing this into our marriage and like I totally noticed what she was doing. And a, couple, a few days ago, I actually told her, I'm like, Dana, I just want to say thanks. I really noticed how well you're loving me. And, you know, I'm not the easiest guy to love. There's this book about love languages. Great book. You should read it. I've never read it. But... <clears throat> I've heard there's like five love languages or something like that in the book or these different love languages. I've got like 15 of them. So <clears throat> this book means nothing to me, but it's a great book. Get it and learn about your spouse's love language. But I've got like 15, so I'm like not easy to love. And Dana was loving me so well. And when I told her that, she said, 
well, I was just about to say thank you to, to you as well because you've been loving me so good. And she started listing off the things I was doing and I didn't even realize what I was doing. It was just happening because that what you sow is what you're gonna get back. And we were seeing our marriage get to a place where things weren't awkward, right? So this happens over and over again in our relationships. You'll get out of your marriage whatever you put into it. So number one, you reap what you sow. If you don't like what you've been getting, take a look at what you've been giving, right? Number two, you reap where you sow. You reap where you sow. If I take these margarita shasta daisies, if I take these and I plant them over here, am I gonna get margarita shasta daisies over here? No, because you're gonna reap where you sow in life. So wherever you sow is where you're gonna get it. If a farmer plants seeds in his field, that's where he's gonna get his harvest. You're not gonna get it if you're planting seeds in your neighbor's field. If I plant all of my energy, if I put all my passion, if I put all of my effort, if I put all of my attention into my hobby, is that going to help my marriage? No, it might help me get a better golf game, and I could use a better golf game right around the greens, and I don't know if that would impress Dana very much. I hope it would. But it might not help my marriage all that much, right? Focusing in on your hobbies. If you put all of your energy into your kids, all of your energy into your career, or all your energy into your education, whatever it is, if you put your energies into these places but ignore your marriage, the marriage is going to suffer because you reap where you sow. Maybe some of you, that's where you're at right now today in your marriage. Maybe you've been sowing seeds in all these other different places. You've been focusing in on your college education, if that's where you're at. Dana and I got married while we were in college. And you know what? Maybe you're just focusing in there. Or maybe it's just in the kids, or it's in your career, or wherever it is, but you've been ignoring your marriage. Well, today is Valentine's Day, and today is the first Sunday of Lent. And these days are all about reorienting your focus. So today is a great day to stop being a slacker. There's no time like the present to say, you know what? I'm going to start sowing different seeds to go grab dinner and have a date with your spouse, to go and sow some seeds in your field. A good marriage happens on purpose. We really believe that here at Celebration Church. In fact, Pastor Mark Gunger, he's got Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage, and we're going to have one of those conferences coming up in April. We'd love to have you participate wherever you're at, campus in Stevens Point, Appleton, Green Bay. We'd encourage you, go online, go to celebrationchurch.tv and go to events, and you can find that marriage event there. We're going to do it in April. Focusing in on your marriage, doing something to help your marriage. And when you pay attention to your marriage, good things happen. And sometimes you're just not paying attention in the right places, which means we have to pay attention to your attention. You have to pay attention to where your attention is at. Jesus, he said it this way in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He's basically saying, whatever you pay attention to, that's where your heart will be. So in marriage, if you want it to be stronger, you have to pay attention to your attention. I don't know if I could preach a sermon about marriage without quoting the marriage guy, Mark Gunger. So I thought I'd quote him this morning. He's got this in his book called Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage. It says this. He's talking about desires, and it says, desires leave most subtly through the lack of attention. The less attention you give to the people in your world, the less you will desire to share your life with them. Jesus taught this kind of law of attention. 
For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He is saying that anything you treasure or pay attention to, your heart will run after, you will desire it. Understanding this principle will radically change your life. Let me give you an example. Did you ever go for months without ever thinking about purchasing a new car and then happen buy a new car lot? You step into the showroom, you sit in one of those shiny new vehicles, you get that new car smell that fills your nostrils, you grip the new steering wheel, and your heart begins to race with the thought and of owning and this wonder of this beautiful new machine. Suddenly, leaping from within you comes this desire, this burden, buy this new car. But don't be fooled. Your heart simply follows whatever you focus on or pay attention to. If your focus is on God and, his, and the kingdom of God, his desires will become yours. If you focus on something forbidden, you will desire that thing. And it says this principle of attention works as well in our relationships with one another. Once we get to know people, we quite often quit paying attention to them. It's not unusual to go to a restaurant and observe a couple who won't even talk to each other during their whole meal. When we take each other for granted, we lose the desire to keep the relationship fresh and lose the energy necessary to work out our differences. When they arise, the reason many relationships die is simply that no attention is given to them and desire is washed away. You will reap where you sow. Are you sowing in the right places? And then lastly, number three, it takes time. It takes time to harvest where you've planted. It takes time in our lives. At the end of our passage of scripture for today in Galatians chapter six, it says this in verse nine, let us not become weary. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. See, you can't give up. You gotta hang in there. And the temptation will be to throw in the towel when doing good doesn't seem to be working. But reaping a harvest takes time. If I take these and plant it in the ground, and I put them in, if I put them in right now, I'm not gonna get Shasta daisies this spring when you're supposed to get them. I'm not gonna get them. In fact, if you read the back of the packet, it says days to bloom, 200. You have to plant these things 200 days before you get them. Every year these things sit on my shelf because I don't know how to garden. I always think, oh, it'd be nice to have some margarita shasta daisies around my house. But I never plant them. But if you don't take it in advance, it's not gonna come. So it takes time for things to happen. That's why in Galatians, he finishes off this section of sowing and reaping saying, don't become weary in doing good. Because at the proper time, you'll reap a harvest if you do not give up. Receiving the harvest takes time with anything in your life. It could be your relationship with God, it could be working out, getting in shape, saving money, getting out of debt, raising kids, going to college, whatever it is, it takes time in our life. And the key is don't give up. Maybe you're married here today and you're saying, man, we've been struggling. Things aren't going right. It doesn't seem that the good I'm doing is paying off. Don't give up. Don't give up because at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. 
Let's pray. Father God, we lift up this time to you, God, and this idea of sowing and reaping. And I thank you for what you've given us in your scripture that says that we will reap what we sow, God. So I pray that we would be people that would begin sowing good things into our marriages, good things into our relationship with you. This Sunday of Lent and this Sunday of Valentine's Day about reorienting our focus on the things that matter. And God, I pray that we would focus in more on you and more in on our marriages as we spend the rest of our day with Valentine's Day, and we reap where we sow, God. So I pray that we would sow into the right places. And it takes time, God, so I pray that we would have patience, that we would hang in there and not give up, that we wouldn't grow weary because at the proper time, God, you said we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. We ask for this in Jesus' name, amen. God bless, thank you.